0: You're listening to the Next Exec Podcast series with Executive Women's Forum. Thank you for joining Episode 2 of the Next Exec Podcast. Today we will be discussing cannabis tech and the security and privacy issues relevant to the industry. My name is Kristen and I will be your host for today. Joining me are Marina and Lauren. Marina is a privacy associate at Alita Consulting, where she advises clients on privacy and data protection issues. Prior to joining Alita, Marina worked as a cannabis attorney where she developed innovative solutions for clients in the emerging commercial cannabis industry. Lauren is a principal at Shalman & Company. At Shalman Company, Lauren specializes in IT compliance and attestations with more than 15 years of audit and compliance experience. Through the various audits performed, Lauren has evaluated risks and controls for a number of industries, including financial services, manufacturing, marketing, distribution, and service-based organizations, and now... Cannabis tech. Hi, Marina and Lauren. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. I'm going to just answer one of the questions that's probably burning on a lot of people's minds right now is why we've decided to talk about cannabis on the next exec podcast. Our hope is that by the end of today, you have a, a strong understanding of why we decided to spotlight this topic, because as privacy and security professionals, we're seeing this industry sort of growing for lack of a better <laughs> Term. And we want to make sure that it grows the right way. And we want to make sure that the right protections are in place for data privacy and security. And I think the best way for us to understand just what we're talking about in terms of data and implications that it might have is to understand just how big this industry is where we're at in terms of legalization and then how that's sort of affecting the players in this space so marina as a consulting professional I thought you might be able to fill us in on some of these details of course happy to
1: happy to t- chat about it so the cannabis industry is a booming industry right now currently uh, recreational marijuana is legal in 10 states and it is medically legal in 33 states I'm happy to provide some of the states for you uh, that allow for recreational marijuana that includes California, uh, Colorado, Nevada, Washington, and list goes on. There are two ways that patients can purchase marijuana or I like to refer to it as cannabis that's more of like the proper term nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so patients can purchase cannabis for medical purposes or for recreational purposes. So prior to the passage of Proposition 64, which was the proposition that allowed for recreational adult use in California, um, patients could use cannabis for medical purposes under the Medical Marijuana Program Act, uh, which is also ironically known as Senate Bill 420 in California. The MMPA, which is the act uh, that allowed for medical use, Established an identification system for medical cannabis patients, and it allowed the formation of nonprofit collectives for the provision of cannabis to patients. With the passage of Prop 64, which just kind of as a, as a heads up, I'll, I'll refer to it kind of back and forth between Prop 64 and the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Prop 64 legalized the recreational sale and distribution of cannabis in both dry and concentrated form. And Prop 64 actually did not affect who can use cannabis for medical purposes. It just extended certain rights to them. So for example, uh, since I'm in California, I'll, 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 some of my examples will be California based. But uh, for example, in California, in order to consume cannabis for medicinal purposes, patients would have to apply through the state. Uh, program to obtain their medical marijuana cards. So uh, California has a state-authorized board that issues these cards, and they also have a registry database for verification of the qualified patients and their primary caregivers. So when a qualified medical marijuana patient tries to buy a cannabis product, they have to present their ID to the retailer, whether it be a driver's license or a passport, to prove that they're legally old enough. Enough as well as their medical cannabis cards. So that's kind of the scope of the medicinal side. In terms of the recreational side, when Prop 64 officially went into effect in January of 2018, individuals who wanted to purchase cannabis recreationally just had to be over 21 years of age. Prop 64 created that age limitation and also created certain limitations on how much you can possess at a certain time. So in California, for recreational use, a person can possess up to one ounce. And for medical use, they can possess, I believe it's up to eight ounces. So that's kind of the landscape in California right now. It's a booming industry here. Everyone is, is, is interested in it and they're referring to it as the green rush nowadays here in California. It is still... Federally illegal, so there are some some difficulties in in maneuvering in this industry and kind of trying to figure out how to avoid any federal issues. I also wanted to provide you guys with some uh, industry revenue statistics. In 2018, uh, investors put 10 billion dollars into the North American marijuana market, which is expected to be worth about 16 billion by the end of 2019. So by the end of this year, and uh, Cannabis—the cannabis industry doesn't only include, you know, the smokable product that you know gets you high. It also includes the CBD category, which is mostly used for medicinal purposes. But you know, individuals like to use it because it is—it is a supplement that doesn't get you high. So CBD is actually forecasted to reach a billion dollars per year. So
0: it's definitely the, the California is definitely a green rush here. Okay, interesting. So I think what I'm hearing is that. Legalization, of course, is bringing a lot of players and money into this into this industry. But a lot of the the legalization and requirements after legalization takes place is it sounds like there's a lot of data and information that uh, these dispensaries are required to be obtaining from from either medicinal patients or even recreational users. So yeah, that, that opens up a lot of concerns in terms of are these dispensaries, are these companies paying attention to how that data is collected and then sort of where it's stored and how it's secured? Absolutely. So I think since what we've Our purpose here today is obviously not to debate whether it should be legal or not. And certainly we're not advocating either either position. But Lauren, you're based out of Denver, right? So you're seeing a lot of different things in this marketplace and in this industry. Is there anything that you feel that people need to know about the privacy and security when it comes to cannabis tech?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah, I'll be coming at it probably from a Colorado perspective. Um, And as a local here in Denver, I was driving down the street the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, there are more dispensaries than Starbucks. And I looked it up online and a couple years ago, apparently there were than double the number of Starbucks in Denver alone than there were in the entire state of Colorado. So I wasn't quite wrong. <laughs> and I think in general, you know, when we talk to people here and it is it's so widely used and, and everybody's comfortable talking about it, but I've seen a general increase in consumer awareness around the data that's being maintained in these back-end systems. So Here, the way it works, if you're going in for recreational use, they check your ID to see that you're either in-state or out-of-state because that determines how much you can purchase and that you're of the age. Um, and in some locations, they actually swipe your driver's license. They swipe your driver's license right there at the terminal before you enter the dispensary. And so as a security and privacy professional, I immediately panic whenever I see anything like that happening. And I think to myself, what kind of information are you actually retaining in those back-end systems? And these back-end systems are, are really, um, when you think about emerging industries like cannabis you've got to think that there's a lot of emerging emerging technologies that are supporting the industry overall and so they're very sophisticated software platforms um, some of them are going to be taking your personal information so name address date of birth obviously your state from your driver's license some of them might have medical information if you're purchasing medical marijuana and so that's just one aspect of the technology that's being used. But they also have these sophisticated solutions that are providing customer relationship management or CRM databases. So they can do sales and marketing and, and trends and tracking. There's also point of sale systems, just like at any other, any other business. So you've got some software that's reporting sales information as well. And I met a company here. Um, they've got some offices here and they've got some offices up in Chicago. And they've created a document management repository. So they're helping the organizations in the cannabis industry track employee paperwork. And now they've got a, a platform, a software platform that they actually can that for them. But again, a lot of personal information that's being maintained within these systems.
0: Right. And so being in, in the IT compliance and attestation space, are there specific attestations or or perhaps pen testing or something that these organizations should be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: of course the best way to combat any breach is to have, um, security professionals on site doing the development work, but also to hire an independent examiner to evaluate the software and, and how it's connected and and how it's being used and what kind of data is being co- retained in not just the production environment, but also for the environment. Um, and that could range from pen testing. It could range from uh, general assessments that are out there already in the software and technology world. So you're talking SOC 1, SOC 2 reporting. You're talking about PC. compliance for those point-of-sale systems. You could look at privacy assessments for any of the software that's being used to retain personal information. You could look at HIPAA for any of the software that's being used by those medical facilities. And so those things are already out there. They already exist. They're already being done for other software solutions and technology solutions in the marketplace, but it doesn't um, preclude them from applying to the cannabis industry in any way, I think. Um, these organizations that are that are emerging and these startups that are coming out there they 're going to need considerations in the back of their mind as they 're developing those tools
0: right and I mean, I assume a lot of these companies are really focused on making sure they're compliant with with legal requirements and probably security and privacy thoughts are maybe put on the back burner in i guess in the consulting space then Marina, what are you what are you seeing, and what are you advising your clients to do outside of helping them get to the point where things are legal and they're compliant in that aspect? What what are you telling them about privacy, and what are you telling them about security? Um, so, before I dive in, I would like, I do agree
1: with. So- how heavily regulated the cannabis industry is right now, uh, not only on a state level but on the local level, that cannabis companies are just preoccupied with licensing and regulatory compliance day to day management. they may be slow to understand or slow to prioritize uh, data protection. so uh, I just wanted to point that out in my opinion, I think that is a big uh, concern right now so in terms of of advising companies of what steps they should take to protect this information. I always advise companies uh, to consider privacy and security measures, to implement those measures to minimize any data security risks, to protect uh, the personally identifiable information or the personal health information that uh, patients or other consumers uh, inevitably give to these companies. Some of the protections that I recommend cannabis companies be aware of, having a privacy policy and sticking to it. Make sure the privacy policy is designed to identify the information that's collected by the company For example, uh, the policy should state what information is collected, where it was acquired, whether it be through cookies or by a request, uh, what the information is used for, whether it's being shared with third parties, etc. I think that's important for consumers to understand. How their information is being used and handled. Another suggestion that I make to companies is to comply with the relevant information security standards. So, many states actually require businesses to adopt certain standards when it comes to information storage. So, for example, during my research, I found a statute in Oregon that uh, specifically requires cannabis businesses to implement a security program that includes administrative, technical, and physical safeguards. So, I think it's important. To know, first of all, to know where to look for that statute in your state, to know uh, what the statute says, and then ultimately to apply that statute to your business as, as much as possible to avoid any type of regulatory issues. Also, I think developing a breach response plan is very important, just as important as developing a privacy policy. A well-designed breach response plan identifies how and where valuable data is stored, and it defines clear lines of responsibilities for reporting a breach if one were to occur. So as part of the response plan, definitely employee training is a must. Have a plan for what to do in the event of a breach. Having such a plan can definitely avoid or lessen the impact of a breach. So I think training employees on safe password management, securing browsing practices, basically what I would think is common sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I suggest that employers and companies train their people to to you know, be aware and uh, companies that are you know companies that are uh, that understand their legal obligations are best equipped to quickly handle the aftermath of a breach, to comply with statutory disclosure deadlines, and to just lessen the financial impact of a breach. And the last recommend it's not the last recommendation, but the last of the big important ones is a data inventory. Data inventory can be can be quite tedious, but it is very important for any business as well as a cannabis business. So uh, a data, data inventory will help the business know the type of data that's collected, where it's being held, whether it's being shared with anyone, and how the data is being transferred, if at all. So data inventory and privacy policy can can help each other out because once you've mapped out your data inventory, you will know, you know what information is being handled and how it's being handled. And you can then inform the consumer of that information,
2: I was reading something the other day about in doing research. I was just kind of finding out how many how many recent breaches have occurred that are that are big enough news that we would we'd want to talk about. One of them was actually at a store in Canada. And they estimated that 4,500 customers' data was leaked. And that data included their name, their postal code, what kind of purchases they... Well, references to the purchase number that they made and the date of the purchases and delivery. And then there was a bigger one that ranged, I think, from December to January. And this was for medical patients, but 34,000 medical patients and their diagnosis data was included in a breach. So I think it's, it's a really, it's an important topic to consider. And there's some reasons that probably relate back to why these, this industry is being targeted. And I think these, these numbers are, are pretty astounding. So it's something that companies really do need to consider.
0: Why is it that this has taken a backseat? I mean, I'm understanding that there's obviously the focusing on the legalization, but um, don't some of these state requirements have, you know, guidelines in terms of what protections are in place or is it sort of the wild west still? Um, so I'll
1: speak I'll speak for California um, under the uh, uh, BCC, which is the Bureau of Cannabis Control here in California, under uh, the regulations that they came out with, uh, there isn't necessarily a outright explanation as to how cannabis companies should protect and handle the data. Cannabis companies would have to look at other statutes, other privacy statutes that are currently in place in California. I honestly do think one of the main reasons why cannabis companies have put this on the back burner is mainly due to the the strict and stringent licensing regulations there's so many hoops and hurdles that these businesses have to jump over and so much money goes into into trying to get this done that i think what some companies are thinking is you know let me get my licensing done let me get everything done and have the business up and running and then i'll start you know implementing and considering privacy and data protection which can ultimately backfire because you know,
0: anything could happen. Anyone you can get hacked, and you may not even know about it. Right, and as soon as you've gotten yourself to a place where you're actually able to operate, you may just shut down because right. of breach. You know, that bad press, the uh, fiscal implications that has on your company in terms of you owe money to people. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, beyond the breaches that that Lauren was mentioning, what are some of the other overarching? concerns when it comes to these systems? Because I I know you mentioned the track and trace systems earlier. Is there any sort of security implications in, in what data is collected outside of people? Is there proprietary information that's being maintained in these systems that might be of interest for companies to protect and focus on the security of that data? And the reason I ask that, and it might seem a little bit out of left field, but I was thinking to myself, obviously you care about your customers' data, you care about your employees' data, but the the lifeblood of your company? You know, what if you grew a certain type of plant or the the certain hybrid that you make? Is that consider maybe proprietary information that you would want to consider protecting?
2: Yeah, I mean, when we went to that conference last week, there were a lot of really interesting software solutions that have been used to record all of the data around growth. And so they're, you know, tracking to see exactly um, what they did, how much light how much watering how much all of the detail around that particular uh, that particular grower and so those software systems are doing a lot of interesting things in the in the industry but again i, th- I think a lot of times people are focused like marina said on the regulatory requirements and not necessarily on the back-end systems, yes, I think there's all kinds of technology that's being created within the marketplace to help the emerging technology and make sure that these growers are able to produce the most profitable plants, ultimately for sale. So I think that all is happening in the back-end. So those those software tools would, of course, care about security as well, because you may not want your competitor getting that information. Right.
0: Yeah, and I and I was just thinking about that because thinking to myself if it or maybe maybe it doesn't appeal to you at the at the current time to worry about necessarily that data of your customers or 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 your employees, but certainly as a company that's trying to sort of grow and, and establish themselves, that proprietary information I just thought might be you know interesting. And again, uh, the reporting that you were referring to before, Lauren, would be. You know, relevant. You know, SOC reporting, pen tests, um, privacy attestations. Yeah, there's not
2: a company, a software tool in the world that doesn't need a have pen tests. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Uh, you know, something out there that wouldn't have a need for a PIN Right. So another
0: interesting topic outside of the breaches and, and data, and I find it very interesting, is the idea that that cash is still the main means of things happening in, in this industry. And part of that being, and Marina, you might be able to speak a little bit about the legal side of, as to why payments can't be made uh, through typical means, like paying with a debit card or a credit card what what are some of the reasons of why why cash is king in this industry i think it's
1: mainly because of the the f- federal illegality. Um, you know, the big banks like the Wells Fargo Bank of America, et cetera, the, those big banks will not touch uh, cannabis businesses, at least until the federal ban is lifted. And um, so is it, So it so
0: it's because of it's, and I guess the federal, for, for the listeners, the reason behind that would be because they're federally insured banks and that's why they correct. can't. Okay. Correct. So because it's not legal, it's almost seen as, uh, would it be considered like a criminal's sort of enterprise? that that banks would be dealing with would it is that what um
1: it is? it's it's basically so can, cannabis is still a, a schedule one substance on the controlled substances under the controlled substances act so um I believe it's just it's. Uh, I don't know the exact criminal uh, charge for 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 dealing with that, but um, they wouldn't be able to process money that essentially would be coming from like illegal activities, which is it's still concerns it's still considered illegal under federal law. Um, I do know that certain banks, like I said, private banks are are opening to assist cannabis businesses, but um, I also heard that uh, they charge very hefty. Monthly or some some sort of hefty fee in order to maintain that account um, because it's it's a cannabis business and because they know that they don't have anywhere else to really go
2: <laughs> here in denver we've had um, a lot of companies coming up with some strange well, not strange, creative, so that um, so that they can make sure that the customers are able to make the purchases. And, and I think a lot of them are going to have ATMs right there in the lobby. And then there's also some apps that are coming out, which offer sort of uh, an ACH transaction, or think of it like a Venmo transaction.
0: Okay, yeah. And I've heard of some dispensaries accepting cryptocurrency. And So that brings in a whole nother uh, aspect of the technology or or security spectrum, just because you're talking then about potentially using the blockchain technology to to secure transactional information and I'm sure that even blockchain will become part of the seed to sale process, right ways of verifying exactly certain parts of the supply chain management, you know, and securing it with blockchain technology. So it's really interesting to think about. I think everybody is maybe a little bit distracted by what's legal, what's not legal. And it's very controversial. But what we've been saying all along, I think, is just that all of this is very technology related. And I think that everybody is just overlooking
2: that. In general, consumer awareness is huge. And and I think consumer awareness will drive some of this. You know, like Marina said, so far, there's been such strict regulations and, and such a hard way to break into the industry. You have to jump through hoops. And so there's just been a focus there. And when consumers start worrying about their data, then I think more of the, the startups and the technology systems that are going to be in the back end are going to start worrying about it too. And so as you know security and privacy professionals and consultants out there we need to remain vigilant pay attention to what we're hearing in the marketplace and make sure we're supporting the industry and just make sure that the end user community and the industry overall is is secure and supported yeah i feel i feel like
0: i would hate to see it get so big before any of this starts to really take center stage cuz i i think as marina was mentioning before it could backfire to wait until after you get yourself established to start thinking about these things. So if we had one takeaway from you after this discussion that you would hope that consumers or the general public would take away about privacy and security in the cannabis industry. It's, it's a very simple response.
1: Just consider the pri- the security and privacy of your customers, of your consumers, of your patients. Remember the fact that, you know, you're collecting very delicate and sensitive information. You're, you're not, they're not just coming in, you know, paying cash and leaving. You're swiping their driver's license. You, you may be swiping their medical marijuana card. And, uh, you know, the medical marijuana card falls under a medical information category. So that's, that's already sensitive information in and of itself. On the recreational side, uh, dispensaries, like we mentioned earlier, are swiping the driver 's license, collecting date of birth, first name, last name, email address to send any newsletters um, so I think it 's very important for companies to consider the fact that you know we are collecting all of this information and i 'm sure many people i 'm sure many people may not care if their information gets leaked about the fact that they purchase cannabis, but I know a lot of people that would care a lot and they wouldn't want an employer or a family member or even their friends to know that uh, they have anything to do with cannabis. So I think cannabis companies should definitely take consumer privacy and
2: security as a whole into
1: consideration.
2: Yeah. And I think to to echo off of that, these startups have a lot of potential and there's a lot of potential to make really good money. And one breach could really wreck that goal and put you out of business. Right. Valid point. And I think... I'll speak for
0: maybe all the listeners out there or or anybody that uh, is sort of visiting these dispensaries or having anything to do with um, the cannabis industry. Know what you would like done with your data and and start asking for that, right? Because uh, I think what Lauren and Marina have said a few times is that consumers are are going to drive this and you have the power to drive it. So uh, demand stronger security measures and understand uh, what certain companies that you're purchasing from may or may not be doing when it comes to their uh, privacy and security posture. Thanks for joining and we'll talk to you next time on Next Exec Podcast.